0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Project MedTech. I'm your host, Dwayne Mancini. As always, if you need anything from the podcast or would like to suggest a future guest, please email us at info at projectmedtech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. And you can always visit our website, www.projectmedtech.com, or follow us on LinkedIn. My guest today is the founder of product, Devin Campbell. Our discussion today is the conclusion of our three part series. In today's episode, Devin and I discuss life after approval, avoiding the valley of death, a successful commercialization, and product launch. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my third discussion with Devin Campbell. Be going to read someone in as forty eight. Right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Devin, welcome back to the podcast, episode three of our part three series. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's much to say at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are talking about um, life after approval, preparing. I, I don't. There's no way to avoid the Valley of death. Um, it's more or less getting out of the valley of death alive, right? Um, so that's that's what we're talking about today. We've mentioned it on the podcast, um, not necessarily me and you, uh, but but me and a handful of other guests. And essentially what we're doing is is we're setting the stage for you have regulatory approval, now what? Right? How do you avoid this 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 common step? And we were just chatting about it. We've seen a lot of companies. Boom! You get slapped approval, um, and that's all you really hear from them ever again. Right? They don't necessarily get out of this this next stage of life for the company. Um, so that's what we're chatting about today. Is is how do you prepare? For the Valley of Death, knowing you have to go through it, there's there's there, there's no other option, right? So, um, I, I I think I liken this to I, I just watched a documentary on these these two fellows who hike through the Grand Canyon, right? So, y- you're going to go through it. How do you how are you equipped to handle? all the various things that this phase of your company is going to, to throw at you. So I've,
1: I've, I've run it rim to rim. Have so, you? Yeah. So I, I, I can attest It's Okay. Like, you have to, you have to prepare to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. This is, I, we did not talk about that before. I just want to make this clear to everyone. I did not know this. Uh, That was just a stab in the dark. It worked out perfectly. So um, excellent. All right. We set the stage. Let's kind of let's kind of dive into it. So we were chatting before, and you were saying that you know getting set for the valley of death starts in development. It doesn't start you know w- once you get approval and then you switch modes. It's got to start in development. Let's let's start there.
1: Yeah, I think we were kind of likening it to um, if, if we could just play with the analogy for a little bit. Um, you know, you you if you're going to cross Death Valley, right, mm-hmm. or or you're going to you're going to you're going to you're going to run rim to rim on the Grand Canyon, um, you don't prepare for it while you're standing on the edge, right. right? You have to have brought all the stuff with you. You have to have the right you know resources involved. You have to have your team with you to be able to do it safely. Um, so that is all preparation work, right? And and if you stand there and you decide just to walk in. Um, and you're unprepared, you will not exit, mm-hmm. right? And if you do, uh, <laughs> you know, you're lucky. Um, but hope is not a strategy here that we we want to um, adopt with uh, with medical device commercialization and and and, and med tech launches things like that. So yeah, you have to prepare ahead of time, right? While while you're while you're in the development phase to be ready for it, and there's kind of three themes that I want to touch on while we're chatting uh, for today's uh, third session. Um, one is on team and then kind of team migrating into tools and infrastructure. Uh, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap up with uh, the, the mindset um, and some different, maybe challenging ways to think about what launch means. Um, so on the team side, you know, one of the challenges that I've seen happen is that the product development team is the product development team. Post launch and commercialization team is a different is a different group, right? Sustaining engineering, you know, it's a sustaining side of of the assay uh, group. I use assays a lot because I'm from the in vitro diagnostic space. I recognize not everyone that listens to your podcast is, but just roll with me when I, <laughs> humor <laughs> me when, when, I, when I get too IVD-centric. Yeah. Um, but there's gonna be a sustaining organization, right? Um, I mean, you have to have, you have to have that. You have to have the ability to take in customer feedback, adapt, respond to it and build it in. Um, as, as we chatted in the first one, when we're talking about voice of customer remember we kind of i'm trying to expand our horizon thinking that the customer is bigger than just the end user and or like the patient and the person who touches it while using the device whatever it is um, but if if we think through like our manufacturing team as customers right they're downstream people that touch it after development is, is done you know even there you're going you're going to get feedback um, and, and that team is going to identify better ways to assemble the, the system, better ways to test it, better ways to ensure its safety and efficacy and its quality before it goes out the door. So you need to be able to respond to all that feedback. Um, one thing I really like to see is that you take the development team. and I don't mean necessarily the leadership side of the development team. I mean, the folks that know what really intimately, you know, they were involved with the firmware. They were involved with hardware. They were involved with the with the chemistry, um, the biology of it all. That development team really ought to give the product to the company, right? To the leadership organization, say, "Here you go," and it comes with a warranty, right? And we are going to stay with this product until it's stabilized. We can. Def- define stabilized as a company. Um, It might mean that, you know, so many complaints per day or per week or per month are down, or that we're not making change, you know, we're not processing change orders, um, whatever. You can come up with a bunch of metrics, but it's important to say, we've got your back, we've got this product, we're gonna set up a war room and the same development team that knows it intimately is going to go through and like look at all the feedback that comes in and they're poised and they are properly prepared to make changes really fast, um, to be able to drive that back out into the market as it's happening, kind of in real time. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, it makes sense, right? We talked about team in the in the last in, in part two, right? Mm-hmm. And and we had kind of talked about, you know, especially with senior leadership, right? There's this time to. Maybe take a step back, transition to a new leader, whatever it might be. But the, word think, of the day was hu- the word of the day was humility. Humility, right? right, right, right. And I think I think this makes sense in my mind. Um, and and you know I'm not an engineer, um, but I am a chemist, right? So when I was working on small molecules, um, I I think that from a I could have taken my my project from PI to PI or, or, or lab to lab, right. And mm-hmm. worked under a different professor of research and it would have been fine because I had the intimate knowledge of how these reactions worked and mm-hmm. how altering a hydroxyl group off a carbon, you know, would, would alter what the drug would do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I tend to agree with you that uh, you know, this, this is a, would be a smart business decision. And, and we're, we're, we're kind of going to, you're, we're, I think we're going to see this in the, and we're going to, I guess, allude to this throughout the entire episode is that, you know, it's going to all come back to voice a customer. So we're going to get there. This is just a teaser for it. But you need to be able to take that feedback um, you know, after you have this approval and be able to make the updates, and it seems like if you were bringing in new associates or employees to carry out that work, it could be difficult because they don't have that full picture. I right. mean, I think about this like in terms of when I'm out of the office for a week and I'm having these in depth conversations with customers about their regulatory strategy or their reimbursement strategy, or their clinical strategy, but they need to have a conversation while I'm out. And someone plugs in who's equally, equally is, is maybe even more qualified to answer their questions. They can't because they don't have this full picture, you know, right. behind it. So it, it makes total sense. Um, unfortunately, I haven't really lived it in a device setting yet, you know, cause I'm not an engineer, but from, from my other experiences, it it makes total sense. Yeah. And
1: and don't get hung up on the engineering side. Right. I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. the development team, right. Um, you know, you are launching a product Mm -hmm. to have somebody else, you know, pick that up and run with it. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's like, um, it's like raising kids. I mean, you you don't want to just like raise them to a certain age and then just suddenly give it to someone. And then, you know, they're like, here's the kid keep going. Yeah, you know, you know a lot about what 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 makes the kids special and mm-hmm. what's challenging for them. It's, it's not too dissimilar. And um, what you've
0: tried, what you've tried, and what you haven't yet, right? And what you right, plan to, right, I, I right. could tell you that um, at Project MedTech we use this uh, application called uh, application, an app called Miro, um, and basically it's a it's a huge whiteboard, and the way we yeah, use it. it yeah. It, it's just, you know, we'll have, we'll color code our sticky notes. And uh, for instance, we thought about a YouTube channel at one point in time and that one's in red because we, we killed that. And we wrote the reason why we killed that idea, right? It just didn't fit into our kind of educational model, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be good for someone else, but that way, when we look back on it, we know why we made that choice. And, uh, but I, I bet
1: for every one of those decisions or those choices that you have left a breadcrumb mm-hmm. for someone for, right. so they could look at it later and understand that, I bet there's 10 to 20 other decisions that aren't documented.
0: Anymore. Oh, 100% without right, a doubt. Right, and that's, and right. that's my, I think that's right. my point is when we onboarded our third uh, partner with Project MedTech, it was like, he read it and he said, Hey, I saw you killed YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, Oh yeah. But there's also these other 20 reasons why. And then it made sense. It'd be really hard if we weren't there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Um,
1: yeah. So I think it's really important. I mean, keep that development team. It's efficient. mm -hmm. It's important to the organization, to the company. It is not easy to do. I mean, I'm, I'm a development guy. Right. That's, Mm -hmm. that's my world. So I can, I can appreciate this. A lot of folks love being development people. They hate support. Mm -hmm. They hate doing, they say, okay, well, I, I just do development. They might say, well, well, that's not fun. On the flip side, there's support people that say, I don't want to do any development. That's not fun. I want to like be interacting with the customers and solving problems and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But to be a well-rounded contributor to the company, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to do things that aren't fun. Right. And I think that being involved in a holistic sense that way, and kind of not just bringing products to market. We, we chatted about that earlier when we were talking about team and how, you know, one of the red flags I see are like career startup people that have gone from startup to startup to startup because they really enjoy that, that, you know, fast moving, you know, flexible startup environment but they've really not had a lot of develop, you know, a lot of experience with a product that actually made it to market.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So they can't contribute during the development cycle to bring that insight because they don't have it. Right. Right. So yep. I just, it, if, if you're a developer, it makes good sense for you to develop into a stronger developer to stay with your product, whatever it is until right. it's stable. And then yeah. flip side, it, it's good if you're, um, you know, a commercialization person to be involved earlier in the development cycle. So you can see where those opportunities are to try to inject feedback of what it's going to be like when you're,
0: when you're launched. Yep. And, and Devin, before you move on to your next point, I, I think it's, you brought up a good point and, and I think it's important to drive this home. When you set out to develop a medical technology, the ultimate goal is to get it to patients, right? I mean, if that isn't your ultimate goal, you're probably not in the right industry. You're not doing it for the right reasons, at least, right? right. So, and, and and I think that you talked about people going from startup to startup and not really seeing it through commercialization. If you're not seeing it through that, then it's probably not getting to patience, right? We talked about this at the beginning. Regulatory approval means it's safe and effective, mm-hmm. right? It does not mean that it's actually a useful product that people are going to use. Right. Um, so if you're not, if you're only doing half of the job, it just, it seems like you're, that's, it's incomplete. Yeah. It's incomplete. It's like saying like, I went for a three mile run yesterday It'd be like me going for a one and a half mile run and being like, oh, I completed it. No, you didn't. You did half the job. <laughs> you ran out halfway. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, I, you should finish the goal. The goal is to get that technology to patients. So, all right, go ahead, next one. All
1: right, so we've teased out this concept of of maintain like 80% of the technical Mm -hmm. team, not everyone, but maintain a a good portion of the technical team until the product stabilizes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that begs the question, how do we know the product is stabilized? Yep. Right. And it should not be gut. (laughs) You know, we're scientists (laughs) and engineers, right? We, we act on facts, right? Mm -hmm. We, we, we look at data, we, you know, aggregate it, we figure out what does it mean to us. Um, And so that kind of brings us to building the infrastructure. Um, If you don't have, if you haven't put thought into before you've launched, like how are we going to manage customer complaints um, and customer feedback, right? It could be you say, well, fine, we'll have like a button on the website and they can fill it out um, and that generates an email and the email comes into the support team and the support team figures it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that works. You can do that, but you can't do a lot with, with that because what do you, what information do you have to act on, right? You have an email and no matter what's gonna happen, their feedback to you is going to be incomplete, right? And probably angry, (laughs) Um, but it's gonna be incomplete. So I've been a part of a number of turnaround projects for products that were already on market and um, successfully turned them around. One of the strategies there is to go over the top with as much information as you can gather, okay? okay? So you can get information from a lot of sources. You can get information from the user, like what did they say? You can gather information uh, if the device is a connected device in any way, right? So you have, you have that kind of information. You have manufacturing information, you know what lot it was, um, you know, when it was manufactured, you should have a nice, You know DMR, so you know what version was built out there and you have a nice um, uh, device, you've got your device master record and your device history file and all that stuff. So you can trace all of that back. And you can even do silly things like gathering uh, environmental information, right? Like, oh, when the customer complained, it was a really humid day that day or something Mm -hmm. like that. Especially in, in devices where you're trying to say something was weird. I can think of a few cases where on particularly dry days, certain sorts of instances, certain sorts of problems would manifest themselves. Um, but you wouldn't know if the customer just said, yeah, this thing happened for you, unless you were looking even at the environment to say, it was a very, very dry day. Mm-hmm. Ah, maybe this is a static issue. And turns okay. out the case I'm thinking of it was, right? Mm-hmm. So it's important to gather more information than you think you're going to need. Um, if the devices are connected and, and are okay. able to provide you diagnostic files and run logs and things like that, gather all of it. Okay. And now before you've launched, you look and say, okay, well, these are all the pieces of information I want to try to gather, right? When, when the ticket comes in, when the complaint comes in, I want to gather these pieces of information. How am I gonna get it? Maybe all this information feeds into a common database somewhere. Um, How do I pull like, I wanna know what reagents they were using. I wanna know what chemistry they were using. And I wanna know what device they were using. Um, Serial numbers, how do I gather all of that? That's a big data problem.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so you have to prepare to make sure you have the right infrastructure. It doesn't have to be all in one database, but um, a set of interconnected databases and a way to visualize and bring all that data together. And there's lots of data viz tools that will connect to multiple databases and allow you to kind of ask some of these what if questions and start probing all of this data and asking yourself, well, let's look at, um, you know, are these all related to a certain lot? Are these all related to a certain time of year? Are these all related to, you know, the user that has been logged in, right? Um, that, that's, a, that's a tricky one. That rears its head all the time where okay. the device is fine. Um, the system is fine. Everything else is fine. It's really user training. And to be mm-hmm. able to know it's this user versus that user, every time Devin uses it, it fails. Every time Dwayne uses it, it works. Devin needs more training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a sign that our training, our IFU and everything else, our training documentation is inadequate because it only meets Dwayne's needs, but not, De- not Devin's needs. So there are lots of ticket tracking tools out there that are sophisticated. Um, I, I would advise using something like that to be able to bring the, you know, the, to be able to aggregate the information from your, from your users. Don't just use email or spreadsheets or mm. Google, like a Google form or something like that. Okay. So now we have this big system. We can collect all of this data. What the hell do you do with it? Mm-hmm. So, What I propose is that you you kind of think through ahead of time and you're using that same team to triage the feedback that's coming in, Mm -hmm. do what you can to resolve it in the moment for the patient or the user or the customer, resolve the issue, make sure you document the resolution to the issue. Like what did you tell them to do? And then in, and that documentation goes back into, into your database. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of think that you're closing the ticket, right? Um, so yeah, it was resolved for the customer. It's fixed, it's done. But that's not where the real work is, right? The real work is there after that, mm-hmm. is to start looking kind of grosso modo, look at all of the tickets that you have and all of the data that you have available at your fingertips and start grooming it and doing, um, you know, affinity mapping and building out Pareto diagrams to say, you know, which modules of my system have the most issue, um, which aspects of my service offering has the most problems. Um, Mm -hmm. Most complaints are in the manual. Okay, well, there's probably something, you know, we need to work on that. Or most of the complaints are in a piece of the hardware. That allows the development team that you've kept on board to prioritize what to attack first.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if you just attack every issue as it comes up or if you attack the issues from the people that are complaining loudest like squeakiest wheel or if you're attacking issues that are the biggest name clients right and that's a hard one right there's a Mm -hmm. lot of motivation to do that right right you're selling into a big (laughs) big kol you know, and, and I understand there's, there's a business reason there. You might want to say, fine, you get special treatment. Sure. Um, but if you just do onesie twosies, you're gonna miss the whole picture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and you, you will, you will linger in that valley of death for a long time. Yes. With an unstable product, um, and an unstable product that is incapable of, of ultimately meeting your, your customer's expectations. And you might then die in that valley of death. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. you're, you're focused on the wrong thing. So you wanna let that data kind of build a little bit so you can really say, these are the biggest issues for us to work on. Yeah. But you can't do that on gut. You can try, but it's ineffective. Mm-hmm. It's best to really have structured processes and tools to follow. And just, you know, every week you do like a worm and you say, what were the biggest issues of the, of the week? What were the biggest issues of the last month? What were the biggest issues of the last quarter? has something crossed that threshold that we need to now attack this?
0: Right. Yeah. So I got, I got two analogies and they're, they're going to oversimplify this, but they're going to also not be related to device. Right. So the first analogy is like any sports team, right. That plays a regular season and then gears up for the playoffs. Right. And ultimately to win a championship, those teams that win a championship, basically how I look at it is in a lot of cases, you know, they're obviously the best team, but what they did all year was take feedback from every game they played and improved, right? And said, oh, we have a weakness here. We need to improve this. But they they don't just take it from the three biggest games of the year. They take it from the whole year and improve. Yeah, you watch a lot of tape. Right, it's a lot, right? And, and that's essentially what you're doing here is you're taking in as much information as you can to improve. And I'll give you an example. And it's, it's uh, from my childhood, I guess. I was never a ping pong player. And mm. my two best friends were ping pong players, right? And this is like your two, your two biggest customer example. So when I started playing, I became, uh, their names are Nate and Fatty. I became Nate and Fatty Proof, right? So I became really good at beating them. And then when I played other people who weren't as good as them, I would get smoked, And I would get crushed. And eventually I started thinking, oh, I actually need to improve my game or your product in this sense, right, to be better than just (laughs) these two individuals. And it's the same Mm -hmm. thing with customers, right? If you're improving to just sell to them, then when you get out and you start working with the broader market or players in this case, right, you get smoked. And and it's not going to work. It's it's you're going to fail miserably, right? So I I like that I like what you said because it's very easy to improve just for those two people, um, or those two customers. But you need to expand on the broader market, um, without a doubt. And it's your, your your to ping do that. pong example arcs back to the VOC conversation, right? Right? Because it, yep. it arcs
1: back to if you only talk to like two big customers right 2 KOLs and that's it but the rest of the market is not those super sophisticated KOL labs or KOL you know users you're going to miss the mark
0: yeah. yeah without a doubt so again again we're teasing it out second time we've done it already we're teasing back to VOC all right <laughs> let's let's go to this let's go to this third one mindset
1: so mindset what i want to propose here is that we we don't necessarily equate approval with like full commercial launch, right? Um, you can, in a lot of cases, if you prepare it adequately and, 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 and you've built up huge inventories and you're ready to go and you've, you've pressure tested things and maybe you've done some early access programs, some EAP you know, yeah. use, you know, maybe other people might call it like betas or things like that, you know, maybe you've done some limited work there and you feel like you're ready. Um, I would argue that no matter how ready you feel, you should not be so arrogant to presume that you've got everything figured out. And, Launching a product is kind of an exercise of balancing, you know, arrogance—like we think we're ready, we've got mm-hmm. the best thing in the world—with humility, bringing us back mm-hmm. to our, our our second, our second of the three podcasts. Um, it's kind of a balance between the two. So, I mean, you you might be marching toward launch, and you have you have FDA approval for something, right? And they're they're focused on safety and effect, you know, and, and effectiveness. Um, so is this a safe product? Is this an effective product? Um, you know, Are the risks relatively low, right? The flip side of the safety piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because it's safe and efficacious does not necessarily mean that you have a good launch strategy, that you have a good um, product that's going to you know, do great out there. You might feel like it will because you have an approval and you have completed your own V&V work. Right? So you've done your own verification and validation. You've completed up your trace matrix, your design history file looks gorgeous, right? But let's think about those first two columns in like a, a, a typical systems V you know trace matrix, right? You've got user needs, right? Customer and market requirements. Those, those are a kind of requirement. You've got user needs, and then you decompose those into product requirements right? Design input. you are going to use FDA speak. But you went out there and found, talked to people and put in your user needs. And then internally, you deconstruct those user needs into, into design input and product requirements. Right. And then internally you, you turn them into specifications, then you develop. Mm-hmm. But you did that and you didn't talk to everyone. Now you come back up the other side of the, uh, the equation and you're, you're, you're writing verification protocols and, and, you know, verification is there to, you know, I set out to make a specific thing. Did I make what I said I was going to make? Yes. Okay. that that's the verification. And then validation is I set out to meet these specific customer needs. And then you give it to customers, you give it to users and say, does this meet that need? Right. And you might talk to 15, 20, 30, whatever you, you, you get some input. And you 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 feel real proud of yourself. You say we've passed our VNV, we got market approval, we're good to go. Launch. Let's just go all in, all the chips, just push them all in. Um your VNV is implicitly inadequate and incomplete because you didn't talk to everyone. And why would you? That's you can't do that, right? right? So you don't truly have all of that input. So when you launch a product into the wild, you're gonna have so many crazy use cases. You're gonna have so many people use it in ways that you did not even imagine. Even in your you know, uh, your, your hazard analysis and, and your fault tree diagrams and your FMEAs, there are going to be people that use your product in ways that you did not anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably because you're so close to it, right? And you need to be able to step back and see it. There's going to be simple things. There's going to be big things. But I think it's arrogant to believe that you're, that you're launching a perfect product mm-hmm. um, and that there's not going to be any issues. There are always going to be issues, tons of them. You're always going to learn a lot. So you mm-hmm. have to have the system in, in place to gather those issues. And you have to have the team in place to react to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you avoid that? you tease it out a little bit, right? You don't have to think of commercial full commercial launch being day one after day zero being, you know, you get the FDA approval, you know, or authorization or whatever route you're taking, you know, maybe you soft launch, uh, maybe do a slower rollout. Maybe you think you pick specific geographies so that you can kind of manage and can control, um, the situation a little bit and build more confidence that, that not only does the is the product working in that space, but your team, your tools and your team that you've built to support it, those kinks are all ironed out and you're ready to go. And then just maybe consider that. So a lot of companies normally do soft launches anyway, um, but sometimes you just go all in. And, and in the space that I work with uh, in my company, we we generally support emerging entrepreneurs and kind of first timers in, in in medical device and therapeutic space. And sometimes when you look at their launch plans, their launch plans is yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna get approval and then we're gonna launch and everything's great. Like that's not how it works. Um, so that, that that's another way that you can get into the valley of death, but then not not escape it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that you 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 raced in too fast? Uh, mm-hmm. rather than kind of taking a little bit slow and, and, and acting on the, the environmental impact uh, behavior that you see around you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we take it back to the grand Canyon example I mentioned at the beginning, right? These two guys who were going to hike through the grand Canyon went in and after uh, shoot seven days, they had to be taken out and had to go back a year later and do it in segments right um and and they had to complete it that way it took them like a year to complete um you probably can't afford to do that in the medical device space right you can't afford to jump in and then realize oh shoot i screwed up i need to come out and then jump back in and and do it over the course of of you know, 10 years, because let's not forget the, the elephant in the room, which is capital. So you're a startup company. You want to be as successful as you can getting to, you know, revenue generating in the least amount of time, raising the least amount of capital, mm-hmm. right? Because if you don't do that and you hop in, now you're not successful. You got to go raise more money. Oh, you weren't successful. Well, you got to go raise more money. And now it's, it's drawn out. Every time you go raise money, you're losing what's, you know, <laughs> what's called equity. And yeah, you're diluting it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem. I mean, you dump a lot of time into something like this. You want the bonus at the end. And, um, you know, and let's not forget the main goal of getting the technology to patients as quickly as possible the longer you take, the the less you're achieving that goal. Sure, you might get mm-hmm. it to them ultimately at the end, but mm-hmm. you know at what cost. So, um, I, I think your point is 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 well made here, um, that you you, you want to be as ready as possible for this 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 valley of death. And you know this third point you made was about mindset. Um, you got to have a good mindset. Um, and that really is the third missing piece here. I love the arrogance uh, as the word of the day coming off of episode two of being humble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so no, I, I I love the point you're making here. Um, and it, it really ties in nicely to what we see happen to a lot of startup companies um, mm-hmm. in the medical device space of just taking way too long. Yeah. Um to get to that commercialization standpoint. Right. I mean, I'm sure you see this as well, right? Daily. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So is there anything else on mindset? Cause, cause, cause if not, I, I, I think this is a good, good segue into tying this all together.
1: Yeah. I say knock it, knock it out, man. Tie yeah. It
0: all yeah. So there's, there's one thing that has remained constant in everything we've talked about. And that's, VOC, Voice of Customer, and and I think that you know we spent a lot of time in episode one talking about hey, Voice of Customer is not just is not just um, your end user and your patient, right? It's much more than that, and I encourage people to listen to that 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 episode because we talk in detail about a lot of different um, voices of customer. Kind of atypical but, customers. Yeah, exactly. The ones right. you don't think about, um, right. which that's what we're trying to do on this podcast, right? A product development is someone throws you in a room with no windows, shuts all the lights off and throws a bunch of objects in there. And we're just trying to shine some flashlights on where we've stepped before, right? Or where we've ran into things before and helping you get mm-hmm. out of that room, hopefully unscathed, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, but 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 VOC, so we we, we talked about that and and, and in episode two we, we we talked a ton about building this team right and the infrastructure for success and, and we kind of chatted about that a little bit today but the, the VOC is 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 incredibly important and we talked about how do you continue to get that feedback you know in development but also once you've entered that valley of death, you know, you can have this plan, but how do you continue to take in the information and, and realize when something's changing or, or the environment's changing around you? Again, mm-hmm. we're talking about hiking through the Grand Canyon. You can have this plan to do this, but there are, a hundred, I mean, anyone who probably done like when you, when you went running around the rim of it, no, there is not,
1: not around.
0: Down oh, and up, down and up, sorry, down yeah. and up. Yeah, down and up right around would be insane. Um, down and up, but it's, it's your you can have a plan going into it. And that's very smart of you to have a plan, have a plan, but you should also have a plan on how to take in what's going on around you and how you need to adjust to those plans. Right. And that's exactly what you described today was have a plan, but understand how are you going to get the best information from your surroundings and pull that information in so that you can act on it as you're going through this valley of death, because it's ultimately going to be different than you thought. Right. So right. Yeah, um, that,
1: that's the arrogance piece, right? Don't right. be so arrogant to think that your plan is, right. is, 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 yeah. is spot on. Be humble. The, the mindset <laughs> there is to expect and embrace, expect and embrace the fact that it won't be like what you think, right? right. Just know there's going to be, it's going to be different. Do the best you can because you'll you'll cover 80% of of what you're trying to do. But there's going to be stuff out there that's
0: that's yeah. nuts. Nice. And 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 basically what I'm hearing, what this comes back to is always take in voice of customer. And and sometimes voice of customer could probably evolve, right? I mean, voices of sure. customer at the beginning stage could be way different than commercialization stage so um but but just always i think if you center around that it sounds like you're setting yourself up for some level of success yeah and and, and it
1: it comes full circle Mm -hmm. right so we were talking about you know creating like a ticketing system to go and get that customer feedback right that is voice of customer and you aggregate it and then you do some you act on it you know whether you you build a kappa around it or whatever, it's fine, but you're tracking and trending and taking action on what you, you know, what you're getting, that becomes voice of customer. That really becomes input back into your design history file, mm-hmm. right? The design history file doesn't have to be all just from, you know, the marketing surveys you did at the very beginning of things, you know, right. you think of it as a living, I mean, it really should be a living document, you're getting real-time feedback, it updates your design history file. So why did I make these changes to the process or to the system or to the device or to the software? Well, I did it in response to direct customer feedback. And so now it just kind of ties back through the loop. And that's that's what we are supposed to do, continuous improvement, right?
0: Yep, yeah, Devin, I love it. Real quickly, in terms of how people can can get a hold of you and reach out to you, I'll include mm-hmm. the website um, in the show notes. But but just so everyone knows, it's it's product p r o d c t dot dev. Yep, like product awesome. development. Yep, uh, LinkedIn a good avenue to reach out to you on as well. I can include that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, listen, I r- appreciate. Uh, you sitting down for for three episodes with me. I mean, I know it's time consuming, but um, it was something that was needed. Uh, We just needed to get into some depth in, in product development, right? And I think that's exactly what we accomplished here. So I really appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate your passion for the industry, um, giving back to the community. I'm sure everyone else will as well. Um, and you know, you could tell you're super knowledgeable in this, uh, this area. And, uh, you have, you have a lot of experiences and I appreciate you sharing those experiences with everyone. Yeah, no problem. Yep. Happy right. to be of use. Yep. Hang on for one second. Sure. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. If you need anything from the podcast, you can always contact us at infoprojectmedtech.com. At Thanks for listening and have a great day.